Welcome to the Nathan Crane Podcast. Nathan is a certified holistic cancer coach, 20-time award-winning documentary filmmaker, competitive CrossFit athlete, and best-selling author of Becoming Cancer-Free. With nearly two decades in independent natural health research and education, Nathan shares his top solutions for preventing and overcoming disease while optimizing health and improving human performance. Each week, Nathan brings on highly renowned experts to share natural and holistic health science, strategies, and breakthroughs for living your healthiest, happiest, and most fulfilling life. And now, here's Nathan Crane. Welcome back to the podcast. Super happy you're joining us here. This is a really special conversation. So this is actually an interview I did with my friend, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, a few years ago, but it's not out there publicly online anywhere. And there's so much gold in this interview. I wanted to do a podcast episode around it. So Dr. Gabriel Cousins, he's a medical doctor, a rabbi, a holistic physician. He has been on a raw food vegan diet for I believe over four decades himself. And he's stronger now in his 80s than he's ever been his entire life. He has helped people reverse diabetes. He's done documentaries about it. Um, he's a spiritual teacher and a pretty incredible and interesting person. So without further ado, enjoy this interview I did with Dr. Rabbi Gabriel Cousins. Always a pleasure to work with you. You're always doing such good things in the world, so I'm happy to participate. Thank you so much. Um, I've actually had the fortunate opportunity to come to the Tree of Life Center uh, in Arizona and spend some time there, spend some time uh, doing Shaktipat and meditation and spending time with you over the years. It's been a true blessing. I've learned so much from you. And um, I mean, you carry so much wisdom and firsthand experience when it comes to leading and guiding and teaching people how to connect deeper to their spiritual essence, how to eat in a way that allows the body to regenerate and to have vitality and longevity to reverse uh allow itself to heal and prevent diseases uh, like diabetes and cancer and so today's interview i think is going to be a very special one you bring many years of experience and um and yeah and i'd love to open up just a little bit about some of the i know tree of life center you're you're um uh, not going to be taking you know personal patients anymore uh, very soon, but uh, you are new. They're taking new patients. I think new patients. patients. So, yeah. but you are teaching online, you have amazing books, you have a lot of stuff we'll talk about in this interview, but when, when uh, you've had patients and people coming in with diseases like cancer, what were some of the things you saw? What were some of the maybe challenges uh, that you saw them dealing with? And then some of the solutions that, that you have found along the way. So let's start with the idea of, I've been seeing and continue to see people for over 45 years, actually 46 years at this point. And so I've had an opportunity to see a variety of people and see a variety of healings. I'm not a cancer expert. I do a lot of work preventing cancer and had a actually very high success rate in treating it. And my main focus is once people have been through their cancer treatments and so forth, getting them on a lifestyle that prevents a recurrence. Because the big deal is recurrence. 
It's really, because uh, when you get a recurrence, it comes back very fast and very hard. And we really have very good, very good results with that, preventing recurrence. Like it's a five-year recurrence that we're talking about. So how do I look at it? Well, I have a term that I'm, there's a kind of one I created called holistic liberation. Okay. So it actually really includes working with people spiritually and psychologically. As a psychiatrist, family therapist, dynamics, uh, there's a lot of papers written how depression can often lead to cancer. A lot of papers on that. I'm not going to quote all the papers, but that's so. Somebody comes to me, maybe they had chemotherapy, maybe they had surgery, but they haven't really done the work. They haven't cleared their cause of depression, for example. Okay, which again is pretty very common. It's very common. So I'm going to focus on that as a holistic approach. Then uh, I talk about an overall natural lifestyle. We know there are some live food clinics in the world. I mean, the most famous is the Gerson Clinic, uh, back to the 1920s, um, Max Gerson. And there's Brian Clements doing his work in Florida, Hippocrates. Um, so these are tried in two ways. So one of the issues is getting people to love themselves enough to want to heal themselves. Chemotherapy, radiation is not exactly a, a loving thing unless you do the whole approach. So keeping that in mind, what's the approach? Well, if many, many people, as I said, are depressed. So if I'm not addressing the depression and doing, you know, teaching people to meditate and uh, doing a kind of psycho-spiritual work where they can able to start to love themselves again, and get to the source of the depression, the outcomes are not going to be so well. Because depression, the physiology, the key is depression is not a mental state only. It's a mental emotional, but also it's a physiological state. And if we don't address that by relieving the, the, the psychic and mental emotional levels, that takes you into a physiology that um, tends to want to uh, create recurrence, which is like really the big issue. Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. As a special thank you for tuning in to this episode, I want to give you my number one Amazon best-selling book absolutely free. You can go download it right now at becomingcancerfree.com. If you want to learn evidence-based strategies, for helping your body become a cancer-fighting machine for not only cancer reversal, but cancer prevention, go grab a copy of the book. Again, I'm just giving it to you for free. You can go download it at becomingcancerfree.com. All right, let's get back to the show. So, yeah, I, I can tell you in 45 years, I don't know, one or two people died of cancer, you know, in, in, in the big picture. Uh, in terms of recurrence or people trying to do, do, you know, natural healing, a lot of people do very well. I'll put it that way. And, um, 
and everybody's a little different because on top of everything else, you have body types and they respond differently to things. Like I had a person, nobody, she had a, a very uh, malignant lymphoma type thing. And uh, she happened to be what we call phlegmatic, in other words, a very kapha, a lot of watery in her system. And regular fasting didn't seem to touch it. And then we did a water fast. Now that's not, not something I usually do, but it fit her constitution. Cancer clears up, and uh, this is 20 years ago, right? She's cancer-free. 20 years, 25, you know, a long time. But it didn't work on juice fast. You see what I'm saying? Interesting. How was the, with the water fast with her, I'm curious, what, uh, I mean, water fasting like that can bring out a lot of those emotional traumas and bring up that stored energy, that stored emotional right. energy. Right. And that's the beauty. During the fast? Well, the answer is yes. An on-site situation is we worked with it. I have a course called the Zero Point Course. It, it helps you understand that we have created our thought forms that we believe are in control of us, and we are able to break out of it by understanding we're in control of them. Now, that's a very short description. Um, <laughs> and... Sure, things come up, things got cleared. I mean, it was a 40-day water fast. Mm, wow. Okay. wow. Now that appears to be extreme, but it was exactly what that person needed. Right. Because if we just work on theory, we don't quite get what's needed. And again, she is clear of cancer lymphoma for again at least 20 years. I think it's really more like 25 years. Let me think about that. 25 years what what gave you the was it just intuition was it your what what gave you that uh that kind of drive or that decision to say you know what let's let's try a water fast two levels uh i was actually convinced that this is what's needed um i saw that she was ready to go for it nothing else had particularly worked and so you have a person that's very willing to do whatever is needed. And in the setting, she was just here and I worked with her. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, uh, those are the two decisions. You have to have a person, it, it's not a prescription. It's like, this is the obvious thing to do. And are you game for it? Yeah. Are you willing to commit to what it yeah. takes for healing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she, was and that's how you make that decision i don't just say go do this and it's above somebody's head well and for for a lot of people too right if you're going to do a water fast you should be with somebody like you somebody to support you because for some people that could be quite dangerous right depending yes. how toxic they are and you know yeah. all that stuff so so yeah not not encouraging everyone watch just to go and do a 40-day fast on your own yeah <laughs> And but the point is, she did well, and we were there to support it every day because she was, you know, yeah. we had that connection, and it cleared, done. Okay, so that's, um, you know, what people say would be more extreme, but the point is, that was the right thing for her constitution. Nothing else is really going to like touch it, even the juice fast.
So making decisions like that for people do require a total picture. Um, so we look at your mental state. We, we know that people who have connections uh, with other people are going to live longer. And men a little bit more than women, believe it or not, men need more social connection, although women have more social connection. So those connections are very uh, important. And uh, in this case, eventually this, as part of that process, this woman actually did get married. So, mm -hmm. you know, but we're working, we create the social network. So that's just an example. Other examples are the biggest struggle for a lot of people is just doing what's the best diet. So we work on the emotions. So there isn't that negative, uh, negative emotion. There isn't that depression. And I'll use a variety of things. Um, nutritional. I never use antidepressants or anything like that because they actually have a certain downside that may be connected to depression. Uh, actually can cause depression and suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, the rate of, of that, depending on the research, is two to four times more depression than an antidepressant. That's so not really the, two the best Two to four times more. Say, can you say that statistic again? Two to four times more for depression on antidepressants than people who are depressed but are not taking antidepressants. Correct. Wow. Holy cow. If you look at the homicides and out there, like all those shootings, almost everyone's on some kind of antidepressant of some sort. Hey, I just want to pause a second and ask you, are you enjoying this episode so far? Are you getting good value from this content? If so, then I know you're going to absolutely love Healing Life. At healinglife.net, you get exclusive and premier access to hundreds of the top world's doctors, experts, cancer conquerors and survivors, exclusive interviews that I have done with all these experts and doctors uh, that are not available for free online. They're only available at healinglife.net. So not only do you get access to all of those, but you actually get to speak with these doctors and experts and ask them any question you want about health and healing. And this is available exclusively to Healing Life members. You can try it out for free. Go to healinglife.net and you can start your free trial there. And uh, whether you're interested in learning more about detox or cancer, diet and nutrition and nutritional science, about diabetes, about heart disease, autoimmune disease, anti-aging, longevity, all of these topics are covered in depth and more are continuing to be added at Healing Life. And again, you get to talk to these doctors yourself. So... I invite you to set up a free trial at healinglife.net, and I hope to see you over there. Now, let's get back to the show. So it's, it's an upside-down statistic that you just like, that doesn't make sense, but yeah. it does happen. So um, we try to rebalance the neurotransmitters with nutrition and neurotransmitter precursors to bring that up. And then look at the psycho-spiritual things to deal with the psycho-spiritual aspects that are going to cause the depression. Okay, so th those are two levels. Then we look at the lifestyle. What's a lifestyle that makes you feel good? 
that makes you, that helps you love yourself enough to heal yourself. So we cleared the emotional negativities and the, and the mental negativities. And then how do we bring people into a supported lifestyle? That That's really important. So that's where we got to the live food. Uh, initially, uh, somebody with cancer, we're going to be 100% live food. We really don't have a margin. See? I generally recommend 100% vegan and uh 80% my food. And the research is pretty good about the whole cancer prevention of a live food vegan diet. Um, even to the point of, of, of men in their 40s, for example, uh, we know that they have uh, twice as much mortality and four times as much cancer. Okay. So diet goes right to that. And then we're talking, you know, colorectal cancer, pancreas cancer, just a variety of cancers. Stomach cancer is a big one too. So uh, the diet cuts through a lot of that and also stimulates your neurotransmitters to come into balance, which is a very interesting thing, which I've just discovered in the last maybe five years looking at why why is somebody doing better maybe they stop taking the supplements what, what why are they doing well they stayed on the live food diet and then i you know check the neurotransmitters and it's like well they're, they're back in balance my goodness isn't that that's great so we, we the diet then as they say is a hundred percent live food until the cancer is gone okay then i like people to stay on it for a little bit longer than that uh, in that process too if they have diabetes diabetes is associated with a much greater rate of cancer because sugar feeds cancer and to be more specific cancer cells love uh, glucose 10 times more than they uh, the normal cells and cancer cells love fructose 10 times more than they love glucose so we got a 10 times so so basically cancer cells love fructose like 100 times more than they love glucose so uh we're we're really it's very important sugar is a huge stimulant to cancer and that means fruit sugar as well so we, we don't we don't want hardly any fructose in the diet and uh, so that's again an important little piece to the that story so if you go on a banana diet you know everybody's different but by and large it's not going to serve you because it's too much fructose so, so you, you wrote i know you wrote a book called there is a cure for diabetes right and yeah. And there was also a documentary film, I remember, about it yes. a number of years back. And basically tracking people coming in with diabetes, uh, changing primarily their diet, right, uh, to a live foods, plant-based, low-glycemic diet. And then basically diabetes being reversed in just like a few weeks. Can you talk a little bit more about that, uh, really what happened, and then that relationship to the live foods diet in relationship to, to cancer 
as well because the low glycemic, the low sugar uh, aspect of it is obviously very important, right? Um, so the study I did with 120 people showed that 61% uh, of the non-insulin dependent type two diabetics healed in three weeks, which is the blood sugar less than 100, okay? Uh, so that was really good. 24% uh, of insulin dependent people healed in three weeks. Again, no medications, no insulin, and their blood sugar less than 100. I'm totally off their insulin in three totally weeks. Totally off their insulin, totally off. And it's type two diabetes. Yeah, and uh, type two is important. The truth is, un, kind of a surprise to me, and I don't want to get us a little off center, but uh, is that 21% of type one diabetics also healed off all insulin, which seemed impossible to me at the time until I had to observe it. Wow, and now it's in the three weeks also. Yeah, wow. and I didn't, I didn't, I did not have that expectation. Okay, I do expect people with type two diabetes within three weeks, a high percentage will heal. And basically we found that 86.4% were off all medications of the type two who were on insulin. So no oral medication. So that's pretty good results for three weeks. And it continues to get better after the three weeks. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I want to take a quick second and let you know about something really special I recently updated. I think uh, you might benefit greatly from something I think you might enjoy and want to take a look at. And it is my book called The Panacea Cleanse. It's a powerful 12-day plant-based detoxification and healing guide. It's already hit number one in four categories on Amazon. There's thousands of people that have done this cleanse, and I've read so many testimonials from it. Let me read you one really quick. Aaron said, I did the Panacea Cleanse and followed your instructions closely. I had amazing results. I stayed healthy while everyone around me, my kids and family, were getting very ill from a virus. I also lost some weight, and my menstrual cycles are much less painful. I also don't have bad headaches anymore. Thanks for the information you put out. She's just one of thousands who have gained tremendous benefit from this cleanse. If you want to improve the quality of your life and your health, clean out your organs, clean out your digestive tract, help lose weight and burn fat, and basically give you more energy, help you feel alive, go check out the Panacea Cleanse, P-A-N-A-C-E-A, -A -A, the Panacea Cleanse on Amazon. It's like 12 bucks or something like that. And you can follow it day by day. It's got a recipe list. It's got a shopping list. It's got everything you need in there to follow this powerful cleanse. It took me about two years to create it. My wife and I have done it multiple times. It's been amazing in our own lives, and I'm happy to share it with you. So uh, go check it out if you're interested. The Panacea Cleanse. It's on Amazon. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. So three weeks is a very, very fast time to heal when we're told by the American Diabetic Association, it isn't healable and it's a slow downhill path to death uh, of 10 to 19 years earlier. Now, the other thing that most people don't understand and realize in terms of cancer, that the percentages of cancer with diabetics are much, much higher 
okay? The particular areas where we're looking at cancer, um, the hot, hot spots are gonna be cancer of the pancreas, cancer of the stomach, colorectal cancer, cancer of the endometrium, and cancer of the prostate, okay? Those are your big players where you're more likely to get cancer from diabetes because it isn't just like you're going low on sugar, but the fact that our body makes sugar, okay? After a certain age, a certain enzyme, uh, three, six, well, it doesn't matter what the enzyme is, so we'll get to, you know, it actually makes sugar. And um, we have to reset that, and we also use a, a, a coffee bean extract that has chlorogenic acid that blocks the enzyme in the liver that makes sugar. So not only do we have to deal with lowering the sugar, but we have to stop the body's production of endogenous sugar. A little tricky, but yet the key is people with diabetes have a much, much higher rate of cancer, okay? Uh, I think it's stomach cancer, if your blood sugar is uh, 100 or above, is like around 100, okay? is 238% increase. That's just an example. I'm just pulling that off, you know, uh, that kind of statistic. So the point I'm making is, wow, we're talking about a physiological state where you're actually producing sugar, where glucose and fructose are actually stimulating cancer production, and that's why diabetes, controlling, healing diabetes, not controlling it, minimum of a blood sugar less than 100. Optimum is 70 to 85. But less than 100 is considered non-diabetic. So we have to kind of go with that as an agreed uh, thing. So those are, are, are kind of a, a parameter why, wow, diabetes is, has a much higher percentage going to cancer because our blood sugar is above 100. You see, in about 110, the beta cells of the, of the pancreas start to die off. So that, now we have more problems. The beta cells of the pancreas make insulin. So if they're dying off, we have a bigger problem. So. That's why uh, healing diabetes and treating cancer is very, very important. So what is that? So the diet is is pretty much the same thing for both, right? What or, or would you talk more about that? Slight, very, slight that, variation. That diet look, yeah, what would that look like for diabetes it, and then for cancer? Basically, start with the live food, 100% live food, 100% plant-based. That's where we go as our baseline. For diabetes, I, I don't like more than 25 to 35% carbohydrate. That's the key. 10 to 15% protein, 30, 40% plant fat. Okay. So that's our that's basically the diet for the diabetes. Depending on the person I'm dealing with for the cancer, that may be the diet close to that. So it's 25 to 35%. When I'm talking about carbohydrate, I'm talking about salads, right? Fruit, right? Definitely fruit, but I'm, I'm talking about vegetables. That is what we're, you know, nuts and seeds. Yeah. And sea vegetables. People not do grain. well with it. What? Not, many, not many grains. 
Uh, no grains. No grains. Um, grains pretty much convert to sugar. Yeah. And, and the other thing is the gluten is a very big irritant to the nervous system. Brain, yeah. you know, the grain brain kind of type of approach. So no grains whatsoever. I want to, before, before you continue, I want to, for those who don't know what a live food diet is, um, can you just briefly explain that? Okay. A live food diet, and the way I'm talking about it, is plant-based only, or people call it vegan. No meat, fish, uh, chicken, or dairy, or eggs. Okay. People think eggs are all about protein, but the fact is with diabetes, one egg a week will increase your rate of diabetes by 76%. Two eggs per week will double your rate of diabetes. Wow. So eggs are a big deal here. It's, it's, that's a long story, and I don't want to get off track onto it. So those are things we don't have. Well, what do we have left, okay, for live food? Mostly grains you have to cook, okay? And then they're also convert to sugar. So initially, I call it phase one. Now phase one, 1 1.5 and phase two. So at phase one, which is the diet for diabetes, the diet for cancer, we're doing nuts and seeds, sea vegetables, and sprouts, which is a big part of the diet, and pretty much all the vegetables you want, but not overdoing it in beets and carrots. They're a little bit more glycemic. And that's it. Then once you're healed from that, then you can add things like lentils and beans, things like that. So that's, that's basically the diet. And many we have many, many recipes. I mean, really, it's actually, it sounds a little contracted, but actually, when you get into it, it's it's unlimited amount of stuff. It's infinite, and you can make it very delicious. Yeah, I want you know yes. people to tuning in to know that, um, like I, my wife and I and our daughter, we were on a hundred percent you know raw living live food diet for for about a year, very strict, um, hundred percent organic as well. And and you know the recipe books that you have great recipes in your books. Um, there are so many recipes out there with a dehydrator, dehydrator and a blender, right? You can make pizzas and you can make you know pastas and you can make whatever you want from nuts and seeds and vegetables and fruits and stuff that tastes really delicious but is incredibly healthy it's it's you have to learn to cook in a new way <laughs> if you want to be creative right but it doesn't the live food diet for those who might be a little bit scared right now is not you can only eat a carrot and a, you know, a cabbage walking around every day. I mean, it's one way to do it, but it's not the way you have to do it. <laughs> now you can have a good time doing it. When I did the initial recipes uh, in, in 1986 um, for, for Rainbow Green Life Food Cuisine, uh, I mean, um, the Rainbow Diet, I wouldn't put a recipe in that took me more than 10 minutes to do. And I did that with Conscious Eating in 1990. That was the first edition of the book. No recipes that took me more than 10 minutes. And, you know, I'm not a chef necessarily, but there's lots of good things. And it's really not that hard. It does really help to get some training. 
And at this point, there's a lot of people around who are training people on how to prepare their food. Someone starting um, down this path, what, which book of yours would you recommend with, with, the, with those recipes? The, the Rainbow Diet, would you suggest people start there? The two diets, because we're thinking cancer prevention. I would definitely use the diabetes uh, recipes. So the cure that would be more like glycemic. So there's a cure for diabetes, addition two. Addition two, um, okay. Good. And the other one, conscious eating has a lot of good recipes, but the Rainbow Green Life Food Cuisine is another one. So they all have different sets of recipes in them. Obviously, some overlaps. But they, probably in terms of the end of cancer, we want to look towards the uh, there's a cure for diabetes. There's a little bit of cooked food in that because once you're cured, then you can go back to you know 100% vegan, but 80% not. But that's what you know. That's that's where we're at now. We're not quite at 80% uh, live food. I'm probably more around 50%, um, but significantly more than when I. Before I started the the life food diet years ago, when we did the hundred percent, I was probably at ten percent or twenty percent, and now I'm closer to fifty or sixty percent. And I'm in a little bit different case. I'm training as an athlete right now. I work out, you know, multiple hours a day. Uh, you know, I'm running and swimming and weightlifting. So carbohydrate, higher carbohydrates and higher protein for me is you know is is uh, valuable. Versus, and if I can get that from raw living foods too, which I get a lot of it from that, um, uh, then it's even more beneficial, right? But someone dealing with a chronic disease, it's, you know, you have to make big changes quickly. You have a bigger agenda and a bigger urgency. Yes. I just want to point out that uh, I really went on full 100% my food in 1983, okay? And when I was 60, I did 601 consecutive push-ups. Okay, on the sixth day of a fast, and at 75, I'm close to 76 now, but at 75, without any training or anything, I, I did 300 plus push ups. So, is that something you could do with all your training? That's that's awesome, and you're and um, and you are uh, how many years 100% life food diet now? Yeah, uh, well, since 83, so it's about 30, 36 years, something like that. 36 years, wow. And that's incredible. I mean, unfortunately, in our society now, people in their 70s are having a hard time walking around, and yet you're flying all over the world. You're doing hundreds of push-ups. You're teaching, you know, weeks at a time. You're, you know, totally mobile, active. Like I can sit in full lotus for an extended period of time. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. incredible. It's a true testament to to yeah. what you're doing. Absolutely. And I even hit a hundred pull-ups. Wow. Uh, I'm consecutive? I'm broke. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't do that right now. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is you can do this in the life food thing. You yeah. I've cut the pull-ups down to 70 right now, one time, uh, two times in an hour, um, because it's it stressed my elbows a little bit. But you know, you don't want to overdo it. Right. Well, Seventy is a lot. That's most a lot. people can't do ten right now. So, <laughs> yeah. 
that's, no, that's incredible. And it's, it's a testament to. So the point is on this kind of diet. Uh, and for me, my physiology is a lower protein diet. Maybe my protein intakes 12%, 10 or 12%. And it works. Um, I will say something that's really important for people to understand because excess protein has been associated with increased cancer rates. Right. Okay. So what we also know is, uh, again, I mentioned men in their middle age, or say 45 to 60, okay, uh, have four times more cancer. And, but after that, around age 65, then we actually need a little bit more protein. So it's a moving kind of target, if you see what I'm saying. And actually, like with the pull-ups, I was just doing 25, okay, which is a lot for most people. And when I realized I needed a touch more protein, which is one tablespoon of spirulina, I mean, uh, blue-green algae, E3 Live, then I went up to 50 and then like 100 within a few months. All I need is one tablespoon more protein. So the adjustment is very little, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. The optimum protein for longevity connected to what we call the mTOR pathway is between 35 and 70 grams a day. So people get longevity and anti-cancer if you stay in that range. 35 to 70 grams a day. Now, 35 to 70 grams, are, is that range that big dependent on your body weight then? No. No, I understand what you're asking. I'm talking about your metabolic constitution. So I'm a person who doesn't need much protein. I was probably doing 8%, okay? And then I upped it. Maybe I'm at 12% now, okay? So, but that puts me at the 35 to 70 range, more like 35 I don't count calories so much. I just made a, a shift, you, you know, just adding a tablespoon more. Um, so that's what I'm trying to say. That range is the anti-cancer range. How, how, does it, someone, how do you determine your, your metabolic, what do you call it, your metabolic constitution? Right, your constitution. So get that we're not cows. Got to start there, okay? What are cows do? They eat grass, okay? They don't have a big variation in their diet. Okay, now that being said, um, it is a genetic thing. On chromosome 19, it actually you know, shows, uh, depending on the, the gene alignment, how much protein, how much fat, and how much carbohydrate. So it's a physiological thing. It's not a theoretical thing. Does that make sense? Chromosome 19. Now, how do you know how much you should eat? That's a pretty important question. So up on my website, drcousins.com, by universal request, I have an interview. People take fast oxidizer, slow oxidizer. Fast oxidizer person needs higher protein and fat, less carbohydrate. Slow oxidizer is a person that needs a little bit more carbohydrate and less protein and fat. If it's 15 and 15, you're kind of in the middle there. Okay, so 
If you're going 35 to 70, maybe you're at 60 grams of protein. You're in the middle. If you're 20 and 10 fast oxidizers, then you're going to be closer to 70 grams of protein a day. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So that so that's so determining where you're at, whether you're slow or fast, that mm -hmm. is something on your website that we can Yes. It, it's it's the fast slow oxidizer chart. Now oh, it's a chart. Okay, great. Yeah. So you can ask the questions. There's 30 questions. Okay. Oh, is that the is that the health intake form or is it different? No. That's 33 pages. Okay. We'll find a I'll <laughs> this find is one page. One page. <laughs> I'll find a link to it and we'll put it, uh, we'll put it on under this video. Yeah. So that suddenly makes your life better, okay? Because now you know, am I a person that needs more protein or less protein? And I ask it both ways. Why? Well, because it's a double check on yourself. So you fill out the slow oxidizer plus fast oxidizer. One slow is less protein, and less protein and fat, more carbo complex carbohydrate. Fast is more protein and fat less complex carbohydrate. I am not talking about animal protein here, okay? Because that has all kinds of problems. And it's higher in lysine and methionine, which actually disrupt the mTOR pathway, the longevity pathway, and are, are associated with, uh, well, less longevity, but less overall health. So, uh, I'm, I'm making the point. We need to kind of make it, I want to make it simple for people is what I'm saying. And that when you take the meat out, it's way better because of the percentages of, you know, 3.6 times more prostate cancer, four times more, you know, breast cancer, uh, two to three times more colon cancer, and it goes on and on. Okay. But the point is going vegan cuts through all of that. It just really is an important piece to decrease your chances of getting cancer and increases your five-year recovery. So what, so what is, can you talk a little bit more on what is that difference between plant protein versus animal protein for humans, you know, versus a carnivore, like a wolf who's going to eat, you know, or, or a cat, which is a true carnivore. Cats right. are true carnivore, yeah. Right, which is one of the really only true carnivores, I think, is a cat species, right? So, yeah, so what is that difference between plant protein and, and animal protein for, for humans? I think the most important difference in terms, not in terms of diabetes now, but in terms of overall, is inflammation. The uh, uh, animal protein has a thing called uh, 5 GCM, something like that. And it's an al it's a sugar actually, uh, that the body gets allergic to. It's an animal protein. And then you get inflammation. So inflammation is probably the number one thing. Second thing, and then I assume that you and your wife were uh, onto live foods before you had a baby. Uh, okay. So what we know is that uh, people doing just vegan, okay, just vegan, vegetarian, vegan, have about 1% to 2% the amount of pesticides and herbicides in their breast milk. Okay. 
So a mediated mother is going to have literally 98% more pesticides and herbicides, which we know are carcinogens. So you used the word organic before. I consider that absolutely critical mm -hmm. in the picture. And But even if you aren't, the pesticides and herbicides accumulate in the animal fat a lot more than in plant fat because you're higher in the food chain. So you have significantly less pesticides and herbicides, significantly less inflammation. I would say in the big picture, those are the two big things. We do know that people eat meat are 25 to 35% more likely to get type two diabetes. Now, I use that because I don't have all the statistics on, on that for cancer, but we know diabetes increases the rate of cancer because it's sugar and so forth. And the meat protein breaks down into carbohydrate. So there are some subtle, but not so subtle differences here. What it doesn't hold for plant protein. So Harvard did a study with like 123,000 people. And they found that people who had hot dogs and junk food meat had a 20% increase in heart disease. If you're just doing, they didn't use the word organic, but you know, better quality meat, meat, fish, chicken, then it was a 13% increase, which is huge. 20% is one out of five. So you definitely decrease your rate of, of cancer by eating lower on the food chain for a variety of reasons. But the simple thing is think inflammation and think the, uh, I think it's 5-NEUG, uh, something like that. That is a special sugar in meat that our body is allergic to. So, and then excess protein in general tends to stimulate cancer as well. So those are kind of the, the, the bigger differences. So the so the others the the other side of I guess the the plants in general is that you know most plants uh, actually have anti-inflammatory properties to them. Right? Yes, you're getting protein that is not inflammation causing, and you're getting anti-inflammatory yes constituents as well. So yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Uh, what so the big thing is going vegan. You're going to lower your your inflammation. And live food vegan, right? We want to emphasize that because someone could, could go to the store and buy ice cream and chips and garbage and call themselves vegan and still be vegan or vegetarian, right? Right. And still totally be unhealthy, right? So no, we're talking about healthy. <laughs> and that's why uh, Dr. Benjamin Spock, uh -huh. uh, in my book, Conscious Parenting, I cite him because he's saying raise your kids vegan. Obviously, we're talking healthy vegan. And one of his main reasons is it's a lifestyle that prevents cancer. Mm, yeah. Cancer and diabetes and so forth, but definitely a lifestyle that prevents cancer. Now that's pretty significant. That's how I would say it. Now that's the world's, he's not alive anymore, but you know, in the 1990s, the, the top pediatrician in the world saying, yeah, vegan diet, and it sets the tone for kids for the rest of their lives 
to eat a cancer-preventing diet, which is a much, uh, obviously, protein, meat protein stimulates, meat, fish, and chicken stimulates cancer and uh, stimulates diabetes and so forth. So you're, you're minimizing your chronic disease tendency. So what that's Dr. Benjamin Spock. I mean, most people don't know that. I was shocked when I found it. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, that's so, so important. I mean, I have two children, and obviously I want them to grow up healthy and be healthy and prevent getting cancer. So that's the real concept. Yeah, that's why we, you know, we do, you know, 90 plus percent organic. We do 100 percent plant-based. We do um, at least 50 percent plus, you know, raw live food. So, uh, yeah. So and we, I, I, yeah I, about the, the, the live food, we have, you know, the plant-based is one and organic is another. And the concept of lower on the food chain, minimizing pesticides and herbicides, no matter, and also radiation. Mm. Radiation and pesticides and herbicides are about 30 times higher in a, a, a animal food-based diet. So what about this? Um, have you heard of kind of the, I might call it a fad, I don't know, um, the blood type diet and where they draw your blood and then tell you like you need a meat diet because of your blood type? Do you know much about that? <laughs> well, it's not, it is a fad and it is really misinformation. Um, it's been seriously debunked by every holistic physician I know. Uh, why? Well, first they're saying type O's need to eat meat. That's one of the premises. Okay. They need to have more stomach acid. They need to eat meat. Well, besides the fact that I'm a type O, uh, I don't need to eat meat, but when I ask, you know, people who are in the vegan movement, how many typos? 50%, okay? So it, it, it doesn't, the typo does not need to eat meat. Second, uh, a very well-known um, orthomolecular medical doctor uh, uh, actually did a study of typos, type Bs, ABs, and so forth checking their stomach acid. And it's really the same for everybody. Okay. So typos don't have more acid and they don't need to eat meat. That's just plain bogus. Mm. Now, what else is bogus? Well, the original idea, and I have it in my book, Conscious Eating, is that it is true that certain blood types having a certain response to certain foods, that we call them lectins. Not elections, but lectins, okay? And if you're type O, you, can't, you shouldn't have more than 5% sunflower seeds in your diet, or at one meal, I mean, because it will create an antibody antigen inflammation reaction. If you type B, then you're looking at sesame seeds as being a thing. The point I'm making is there's a little bit of truth, but they missed the whole thing. Mm. They, I think they made some things up because none of it fits with the world literature. So in my book, Conscious Eating, I actually list what the world literature says about lectins. Okay? And as I said, the meat isn't really an issue. 
Also, if you're type O, yes, you should need boa constrictors. Well, that's not my problem. Most people in the United States are not going to be eating boa constrictors. <laughs> but the point I'm making is type O's may have a tendency to create an antibody antigen reaction with boa constrictor meat. Hmm. Okay. So they have a tendency to create an antibody antigen with sunflower seeds. Okay. Now, now you're getting the idea. So there's a little truth to it, but not what they're talking about. Okay, the research is really fairly good. And people who were like, where they copied some of their information from, but distorted it, you know, are very unhappy that that happened. I don't want to mention names and do that. But the point I'm making is uh, eating according to your blood type has some validity, but not much. Mm. Uh, and it's more about getting an allergy reaction. Type O's are going to live longer. You know, whatever they're doing, they're going to live longer. And then, uh, and then B's, and then A's and AB's. The, the, the lifespan generally is longer. So you hear these stories about somebody you drank and eat meat and has their whiskey every day. They're probably a type O. And okay. maybe, and maybe there. Uh, I mean, something you said early on in in our conversation was just the importance of having, you know, really deep, meaningful relationships. I mean, we know that by itself is so powerful in longevity of human beings, right? And sometimes, yes. sometimes those people who do eat and drink and you know, basically have the worst diet in the world, they may have one or two of the best relationships you could ever ask for, and that supports their longevity. But if and they here's, here's the point to it. You want what I call a holistic yes. liberation. You can't say, well, I have a good relationship, therefore I don't have to eat well. Right. <laughs> that, that's kind of avoiding. But I think the key is, eat right for your blood type. There, there is another book out. Um, you know, there's the blood type diet, but there's another book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And they actually are much more serious about it and they kind of talk the way I talk about it. I also want to point out that people of the same blood type tend to have a pheromone reaction. So uh, it's a much higher percentage of people of O's who will marry O's. And ABs may be 4% of the population, but there's a very high percentage of ABs who marry ABs. So there's some pheromone, there's some chemistry. So we're not denying there isn't some, something going on, mm -hmm. but what they're talking about really isn't true. You do not need to be a meat eater with any of these diets. It's really bogus, you know, um, but all the different blood types have slightly different things. It's like, for example, type O's don't do well with soy, as do type B's. Soy's not so good, okay? Uh, A's can do a little bit better. You see where I'm going with that? Right. None of the blood types do well with eggs. That's the most reactive. So there's some truth, and they kind of turn it into not a very good scientific kind of statement about it. So I'm, I'm kind of saying two things here. Yeah, got it. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that because I've had some questions about it myself and I've had, you know, very well-respected 
health educators, uh, you know, huge followings, people I trust and, and respect as well, then talk about how they were told they have to eat meat, so that's why they eat meat, and it was just like, wait a minute, all the research I've seen does not show that at all. So, yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. I want to kind of... Wait, wait, I'm just going to say one more thing about meat yeah. longevity, because that's what we're talking about here. Vegan males, you know, plant-based uh, diet by males, they live 7.2 years longer, which is huge, and vegan females live 4.4 years longer. Mm -hmm. so Longevity-wise, we know and it doesn't matter what else you're doing, just doing that, you're going to add years to your life. And that's wow. a significant amount wow. of time. So those are just things. But the whole idea is we don't want to eat an inflammatory diet. Inflammation is the driving force behind all chronic disease, cancer, and type 2 diabetes. Inflammation is your problem. We have to eat in a way that minimizes it. Eating lower on the food chain, plant-based diet, will significantly minimize the inflammation. That, that's like a really key, bigger picture understanding. Yeah, that's huge, that's important. So shifting a little bit here, um, I know you've, uh, I mean, you're, you're a spiritual teacher, you teach meditation and Shaktipat, you have been teaching for many years. I know you also uh, do a lot of work with uh, Native Americans and um, you do a lot of work in Israel and um, I know a big focus of yours now as well as shifting deeper and deeper into uh, the spiritual teachings and uh, how does spirituality play a role in healing diseases in the body? It play spirituality plays a huge role because simple statement, you need to love yourself enough to want to heal yourself. Okay. Well, how do you go about loving yourself? Well, it, the way you begin to love yourself is when you're meditating, you touch into the higher levels of the mind, uh, what we call anonymous kosher, which is the bliss body. And you begin to have really positive associations with your inner self. And then you understand that's the self of all. Okay. So, you start to reconnect with your soul. If we look at our society today, which is you know something to be concerned about, a lot of people feel really disconnected from their souls and do whatever they do. And what we do with meditation, that's why I'm now moving towards uh, what I call meditation liberation retreats, which we're, we just had our, our very first one, very exciting, went really well. It's very easy to do. We're meditating three times a day, an hour, three times a day, and getting Shaktipat. I'll explain what Shaktipat is. Shaktipat is the awakening of the Kundalini energy. Well, what does that mean? Well, in Hebrew, we say the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit. Different terms, same thing. It's something that exists in all traditions with different names. That's the key. I use the Kundalini because most people know that term. That is the energetics of the divine that are stored within us and through meditation and Shaktipat, which I'll explain, when it gets activated, it begins through going through the whole body, 
realigning the chakras and the layers of the mind. There's six layers of the mind, okay, which is not layers of the body, different thing, but it realigns the layers of the body, layers of the mind, the chakras, and what we call the 72,000 nadis, to which there's three main nadis, Ida and Pangala, which the, and then the Kundalini moves to the Shushumna. When all this is happening, it is on a simple level very, very healing. Burns up a lot of negative thought forms, but on the main point, is you reconnect with your soul and it deepens your connection with your soul and that's where the term love yourself enough to want to heal yourself because when you're connected to your soul you're highly motivated to do the best for yourself and then something else happens there's the oversoul so you have your soul which which is your connection with the divine but then you realize we're all connected in yoga, we call it viragya, seeing the light of God in everyone equally. Okay, and also you're able to distinguish what we call viveka, the difference between the temporal reality of this world and the cosmic reality. And that gives you the bigger perspective. That's really important for cancer people, okay, bringing it back to the main topic here, because if you don't really have that bigger perspective, you end up in fear, you end up all these kind of physiology that, and depression, because you, you haven't touched into the truth of who you are, which is the ecstasy of the divine. It's like, wow, the ecstasy of the divine, you start to feel that and everything changes. So ultimately, no matter what happens, you are in ecstasy. You're in the subtle bliss, what we call Ananda. And that is a huge motivator to want to love yourself enough to heal yourself so we go back to the foundation so from a healing point of view that's good my focus really around the world and i've been in 42 countries around the world people come to the tree from over 128 different countries uh that's a unifying factor for everybody is that when you start to love yourself enough to want to heal yourself it's like whoa your whole perspective changes, not only for yourself, but for everyone around you. So we have a, this whole kind of healing and loving enhancement because you see the soul of the divine in everybody, not just yourself. And you're not separate. And what we see in our society is people aren't seeing their own soul and they aren't seeing the soul in others. So we act in very disrespectful ways, which is, part of what we're seeing in, in our society is that we got to bring the soul back into the into the thing mm -hmm. i make a joke soul food yeah uh, and this is really soul food is what we're talking about and this eating and soul food is also meditating shakti pot which really enhances it's about 90 well maybe 95 percent of the people who are at our last meditation uh intensive which was like two weeks ago had the kundalini awakened once that's awakened it empowers you for the desire for the divine empowers you to want to heal yourself and deeply connect yourself that's powerful so my focus is more that way i uh shaktipat is an energy transmission of energy we have it in the Hebrew tradition, 
which we call Haniha or Smekaba Shefa. And in the Shaktipat is the term in the uh, yogic tradition where the master is, you know, empowers you to actually be a transmitter for that lineage. So Muktananda, who was uh, my main guru in the yoga tradition, literally empowered me to do it. He actually gave me his cushion that he was sitting on. Now, I'm not the only one, okay? I don't want to, I'm not claiming anything because I have to do what I have to do, which is wake up Israel, wake up stuff around the world. Uh, but my pointing is you need that blessing the explicit Shaktipat empowerment before you can do it. And uh, that's different than getting Shaktipat and the energies there. So that's what I'm focusing on now. We're gonna, our next retreat is at the end of August. I've limited it to three days, but we're meditating three times a day. And people are getting live food, which just enhances it. And then we have a lot of, of spiritual discussion. Because people kind of need it. It's like, What's going on? Okay. So we combine kind of all those levels so people can kind of uh, make the supporting lifestyle shifts. Anyone who uh, really has cancer or is post-cancer or even worried about it, when they come, you know, that's going to open them up for a lot of healing and a lot of positivity because, again, you got to love yourself. So actually, meditation is a very powerful way to, to actually reverse depression as well as giving longevity because it enhances all your neurotransmitters, which, and I'm saying the well-being neurotransmitters as well. So all that's going on, and that's where I'm focusing, which I, that's what I like to do. I love seeing clients too, but I can't do everything. So that's why I am stopped seeing new clients as of April 19th. 2019. So that's an easy one. But I continue to see clients and really focus on the teaching and of the meditation Shakti Pot to awaken as many people as possible. Beautiful. Yeah, where is the where is the retreat happening? Uh, at the Tree of Life here in, in Patagonia, Arizona. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So we're doing certain things. So we've, uh, you know, uh, shut down certain areas, but we're actually expanding. So we're at the oasis, we're expanding the oasis. So we have a hall that can hold 70 people. I don't like it too big. Mm -hmm. 70 is a lot, you know, for what I'm doing. Because it's very personal. And there has to be time and space for people to ask questions. You go to a few hundred. Brazil, I may have 400 people, that kind of thing. But I try to hold it here in a way, you know. And we're putting in a little bit of a, a, a juice bar and, and snack because we serve the live food, you know, for, uh, for meals so people won't have to go out. So all that is happening in Patagonia, Arizona. And that's at the end of August. It's just three, day, three days a week in there. But we'll be doing that more and more as it expands. It's simple and it's totally to the point of things. Beautiful. Well, listen, I, I know we're at the, the end of our time. Everybody tuning in, I, I hope you uh, took notes and got a lot of really great insights from this interview. Um, I just always uh, appreciate 
connecting with you, Dr. Cousins, learning from you. I, I learned new things uh, in our conversation today. Um, I want to encourage people tuning in. Um, you know, all the books that, that were mentioned, those are all available on Amazon. There's a Conscious Eating, Spiritual Nutrition. There is a for Diabetes, a Conscious Parenting. Um, a lot of really great books uh, that I highly suggest. Let's start with one and go from there. <laughs> I actually are I'm just sending in today to uh, a book called um, Into the Nothing. Ah. All I ever learned in life was from meditation and playing football. Because mm. we got to include the guys in this a little bit. <laughs> Usually it's two women, two thirds women, one third men. Yeah. But the football, as a football player, you know, there had, I want to open the space for guys to get more into it. So all I ever learned uh, in life and spirituality came from football and meditation. When is that book coming out? Well, I can't tell you exactly. Uh, it's it just depends what 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 the Burke uh, publishers how much work they feel it has to be done, and so it's up to them in a way. Well, well, okay. Within the next year, I would say within the next year, it may. But I, we just actually turned it in today. Good. After well, fourteen edits, fourteen edits, so it's a lot of it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. Um, uh, everybody tuning in, uh, the best website I'd suggest you go to is drcousins.com. It's just drcousins, it's C-O-U-S-E-N-S.com. We'll put a link uh, next to this video as well. And there, uh, we'll put the link. Uh, I found it as we were talking. It's the determining the oxidizer profile. For That's right. That's right. Uh, so we'll put that link in there. You can fill that out. And then join, join his newsletter so you stay up to date about... The, the events, the retreats coming up, the different things that... Um, yeah, I'm talking on different topics every day. Yeah. So, for example, I just did one yesterday about the dangers of ultrasound during pregnancy. Now, mm -hmm. whoever thought about that? But people ask about, oh, there are some dangers. Mm -hmm. But, so I have medical topics and I have spiritual topics. You know, uh, the last one, which is a little intriguing, which is yesterday, which is... Um, we can ignore reality, but we can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, so I, I'm often talking a lot, but every, I'd say five times a week, something is going out some way. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Cousins. I appreciate your time as always, and uh, just appreciate your wisdom. It's uh, you bring a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom, a lot of truth to the table, and uh, yeah, appreciate you so much. Well, I appreciate what you're doing, and I bless everyone who's listening that they be inspired to love themselves enough to want to heal themselves. Thank you for listening to the Nathan Crane Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and share this on social media. Then head over to NathanCrane.com for your free ebook. So when we're talking about, you know, what are these underlying causes and conditions of these chronic diseases, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, they all have very similar, if not identical causes. And that's the thing is when we get to the root cause of these diseases, we can not only 
prevent these diseases from ever happening, but empower our bodies to heal from them. In every one of our cells, we have tens and hundreds of thousands of chemical reactions that are happening every second that are cycling uh, back and forth. It's like sort of a, a yin and yang. And, you know, for me, the soul, soul's purpose is evolution. It doesn't care about comfort. It cares about evolution. Mm. And so I think so long as we are following our soul, then we will evolve. And I think what sometimes blocks us from living our purpose, from manifesting that next level of our expression, is we have not evolved. There is also a time for letting go all the expectations and relax and just breathe and be grateful what, for what you have achieved.